If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in a few different places. We're going to start in the very, very beginning. The first book, the first page, Genesis 1. We're going to be a little bit in Genesis 9. We're going to look at uh, Psalm 139 right in the middle. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 today. So this is going to be a little bit more of a survey, uh, looking at things as we continue part two of God's family values. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a sermon series called We Are Family, Amazing Grace of God, uh, that we could be a part of God's family uh, because of his love for us and the work of his son. And if we are a part of his family, uh, we got to embrace those family uh, values, especially at times like this, I mean, times that we live in. This recent absolutely unprecedented leak uh, of a majority report uh, coming from our Supreme Court has caused quite a stir. It was in regards to this uh, case that they're studying, Dobbs versus Jackson. Uh, and as the Supreme Court looks like in the majority report that was leaked, that a very historic ruling, Roe versus Wade, uh, legalizing abortion might be overturned. Planned Parenthood with Casey also might be overturned. And there's what's being overturned is this, is maybe it's not a fundamental constitutional right for an abortion. Well, a 26-year-old from SEMA, California, Nicholas John Ruski, uh, he was so frustrated with what he heard and read from the report, he, he left California, he goes uh, to uh, a Supreme Court justice's house, Brett Kavanaugh, and tries to kill him or was in the process or thinking about killing him. He gets arrested uh, and basically saying, wow, so upset uh, of this ruling, so upset that uh, maybe Roe versus Wade might be overturned that he wanted to take matters into his own hands. Uh, last week, just in a church, uh, a church about our size, uh, it's in Houston, Joel Osteen's the pastor, um, there were uh, three women uh, who were very close to the very front row who decided to make a scene, to make a statement. Uh, they stripped down to their underwear uh, right there in church. Uh, golly, I can't imagine. And then uh, they screamed out and they said, hey, my body, my right. My body, my right, my choice, get your bands off my body. Uh, wow, that was kind of an interesting uh, way to go through a a worship service. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. It went a bit viral. Uh, again, they were yelling and screaming for things like bodily uh, autonomy, uh, a right for an abortion, uh, something they say is a fundamental constitutional rights. And again, today's message goes beyond abortion. It goes to life. But we got to realize this. Let's start here. So important because Americans love our rights. Americans hate when people start messing with our rights. We could argue sometimes what our rights should be, but we have to know that as Christians, we don't fight first and more foremost for our rights, uh, even our constitutional rights. Never can our rights, even as Americans, ever trump God's values. God's values has gotta always have the ultimate ruling in our lives. God's family values. God's, uh, be, we need to be guided as a church, as individuals, by God's family decisions. What does God think about this? What does he think about life? You know, there's a lot of people who will argue 
Uh, this is what I think about life. This is what life begins. This is the value of life in the womb, out of the womb, with Alzheimer's, not with Alzheimer's. The question we got to do is stop and say, well, what did God say? And why did God say it? How clearly did he say it? And when God is clear, we got to be clear and follow that uh, as well. So today we're going to look at this God's family value. We're in the part two uh, and the value of life. Uh, and remember, the value of life, according to scripture, uh, it begins and ends with the value of God. If you hear nothing else, hear that. We're going to talk about the value of life. Well, you can't talk about the value of life without talking about the value of God. And there's nothing more valuable than God. And so those things are going to go together. We're going to see that life is a gift from God. We're going to see that life is a reflection of God. We're going to see that life is a masterpiece from God. And then we're going to see as Christians, life is restored and redeemed by God. And so again, God has this vital part of life. So uh, this morning, thank you for being with me and journeying a little bit of a survey of all of God's word. We're going to start off at the very beginning, the beautiful uh, telling of creation. Uh, we will not read the entire creation account found in Genesis 1 and 2. We will just pick up in verses 26 and 27. As God is creating, hear the word of the Lord. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I'm going to go to verse 9 right after the flood story. Uh, we are told in verse 6. Uh, Genesis 9 verse 6 whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed for God made man in his own image and then we'll turn to Psalm 139 this beautiful Psalm of David's um, in verses 13 through 16 hear this each one of us for you, God, form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we're so grateful for the gift of life. And God, oftentimes it's so hard and agonizing because of our brokenness and the brokenness around us, because of the results of the fall and of sin, that there's times that we despise life, the life of others or the life even of ourselves. God, there's a lot of views of what, how we should view life. View life in the womb, outside the womb. And who is, has the authority over life. God, you're the one. You are the one who created life. You are the living God. God, you are the one who knows all things. And God, we need to look to you. It's amazing that we could be a part of your family. 
And so with that joy of being connected to you in Christ, God, may we embrace, may we hold on to your values. So come and be teachers. Teach us about life. God, take away all the things that we think that are wrong. God, the things that we think that, that, that you would not approve of. God, this isn't ultimately about what we think. It's about what you think. And God, I know how desperately I need your help. Oh, God, would you speak through a broken sinner like me? God, would you give us ears to hear your voice? God, would you give us minds to embrace your truth? And would you give us hearts that, that, that would know your truth and, and hearts that would embrace your truth? And God, would you give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name? God, the things that I say that are wrong are my opinion. Let those things just be gone. Fall away. But the things that are true, that God, that can point us to Jesus, use those things to make us more like him. And we pray all these things in your matchless name. Amen. Okay, as we jump in this morning, and I, I've already told you a little bit of the outline of what we're going to talk about, would you just give me a few minutes, because I want to I kind of go back and say, as we talked about God's family values, where we started last week was so important, and we talked about this thing called, like, worldview, and, and this is, it really needs to be a starting point, so just give me a minute as we go back and, and remind you of a few things. Because we are a part of God's family, we need to embrace and uphold God's family values. And this is so true. Now, here's the beautiful thing. We do not morally act in the right way to become a part of God's family. We don't hold on to these values so that God will love us, God will accept us, and God would bring us into the family. We are a part of God's family all by God's grace, all through faith, all through the work of God's Son, right? And so, now, this isn't moralism. This isn't uh, the preacher saying, you got to have your life this kind of way so you can be loved or blessed by God. No, no, no. we got to acknowledge you are a sinner that desperately needs God's grace like me. And we've received it in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, man, these riches have poured upon us. And we've been embraced in the family that we are right now a part of God's family. And is that reality, if that's who you are, if you could say honestly with integrity, Christ is my Lord and Savior, you're a part of the family. And if you're a part of the family, uh, you need to embrace God's fa uh, values. Uh, and now listen, if you're not a part of the family, and, and you know, there might be some who are watching online or, or, or some that are here, and some of these values are going to sound a little bit ridiculous to you because you're, you're not a part of the family, and I get that. Uh, families do different things, and, and as part of God's family, we want to do what he tells us to. And no matter where you are, I'm just glad you're here. And I'm glad that we can be, all of us, under God's word. Okay, because we are part of God's family, got to hold up the values. And because we are part of God's family through Christ Jesus, that is our connection. It's in Christ Jesus that we get our life. We looked at this last week. Our life is hidden in Christ Jesus. He's the one uh, that has given us life and life abundantly. If our life comes from Jesus, our values should come from Jesus, from his word, from his father. We should draw our values there. It doesn't matter. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? We can debate those things. But ultimately, for Christians, what we always have to ask is, God, what do you think about this? You're ultimate. You're creator. You own it all. You're sustainer. What do you think? So our values got to be drawn from him. And because we have our values from Christ Jesus, we got to have a certain worldview. Now, I'm going to give you three things to think about with this that are so important. 
that we need to have every day. Okay, I'm going to give you three different verses to help us think as Christians. Because this is so important. Let me, let me again, let me stress the urgency of this. We live in a time where truth has been thrown out the window. We live in a time where, where the world is trying to figure out so many things that you and I never thought they'd try to figure out, like gender. We'll talk about that next week. Like life. We're talking about this week. Like marriage. There's so many things that we got to figure out. So how do we think as Christians? How do we act? So there's three really important things of this worldview. One is this. We got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The second thing is this. We no longer have to conform to this world, but be transformed. And the third one is this. Above all, put on love. So let me talk a little bit about all those things. The first thing is this. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Join me as we go to the, to the letter that Paul wrote to Corinth. And in the second uh, letter to Corinth, chapter t 10, he says this. I'm going to really stress verse 5, but I want you to hear 3 through 5. Paul writes, For though we walk in the flesh, he's talking about believers, we're saved uh, by God's faith, but we are walking right now in the flesh. We're still here. We're not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. Here's what he's saying. There's arguments out there against God. There's a world out view out there that says either God doesn't exist or he's not the God of the Bible. And here's what Paul says. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We live in a time right now where there's a lot of people saying that this is knowledge, this is truth, and it's nothing to do with God. And we take captive... Uh, and we took every thought captive to obey Christ. So let me put this in your lap and my lap. You hear things on the news. You see things where things are. We got to ask according to God's word, how do I take this thought captive? How does this need to obey Christ? How does the light of Christ shine truth into this? So first thing is this, take every thought captive. Listen, diligence. Take every thought captive. The second thing is this, don't conform to this world, but be transformed. I love what Paul wrote. We talked about this a few weeks ago in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, that's who we are in Christ, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He's like, okay, you're getting it. You're his. Now I'm going to urge you. You've got to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? Because Christ's death on the cross, a dead sacrifice, that came to life is enough for us now that our lives should be a living sacrifice. Here's, here's what he says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I tell you what, Christians... This is what the enemy would love us to do, is to be just like the world. You know, not to have a whole lot of difference between us and those who don't believe. But God's telling us, listen, you, you don't, don't conform. Don't conform the way they act. Don't conform the way they think. Don't conform. Be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Christians, we're to be the light of the world. If, we're, if we are just like the world, that light can't shine. We're to be the salt of the earth. If we're, there's no distinction with us, there's no saltiness. There's no distinction with us. We're called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're called to advance Christ's kingdom. There's an urgent calling for us, church, to be the church. 
And what the world would love us to do is just to be like everybody else. Embrace everything the world embraces, think the way the world thinks. Uh, and God's saying, no, you can't be conformed. Because I can't understand why God would do this. But watch this. He says that we're his ambassadors. That God wants to make his appeal through us. And so he pleads with us in 2 Corinthians 5, be reconciled to God. Are you, are you, are you sick of what's happening around you? Are you, are you troubled by what's happening around you? Are you a believer? If you are, you know that you are an agent of change. Now, you can't do it on your own. It's only the power of the gospel. It's only Christ in you. It's only the Holy Spirit. But if we're conforming like the world, if we're not letting our minds be transformed, we're having no impact. Uh, and we need to have impact for the glory of our great God. We can't impact the world unless we are transformed in the gospel. And I love this. We got this last week out of Colossians 3. And above all else, put on love. Listen to Colossians 3.14. Above all, all of these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Remember, our goal as Christians is not to win the argument. Our goal as Christians is not to let those who don't believe look foolish. Our goal is not to be smarter. Our goal is to put on love and to be winsome. Our goal is to be winsome for Jesus. I mean, we're going to stand for him and say, you know, I, I believe that life is precious because it comes from him. I, I believe in God's word. What are you, crazy? You believe in this thing? Yeah, I do. I believe it's inerrant. It's never going to lead me astray. Um, but we do it in a way, listen, I, 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 I can't get over in my lifetime the change of posture that has taken place. Now, let me, let me give you a specific. Several years ago, maybe in the 80s or so, I saw a lot of Christians act very unchristlike to those in the LGBTQ community. I saw a lot of people holding signs saying that God hates that lifestyle. And they would use a derogatory word. And they said, listen, God hates you. God hates you because he hates that lifestyle. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, that's about it. Who put on love there, right? I mean, you completely missed it. Uh, here's the reality. God loves sinners like me. Um, and it's amazing how much hate we as a church often gave to those outside of our community. It seems like those outside of the community are hating on the church right now. It seems like they're hating on us and just saying, you guys are you hypocrites. You're, they're screaming at us. I'm like, it's interesting. I've seen that in my lifetime of a change, of a change. But I tell you, we got to do put on love. Why? Because God is love. And that we, we don't do it at the expense of truth. We don't do it at the expense. We, we hang on to truth. But we do it with love. In church, we got to repent because we're not usually good at it. We get on our high horse. We think we're better. It's only by the grace of God we are what we are. Right? I mean, let's be winsome. Let's be loving. Um, let's don't just embrace everybody's lifestyle, but let's embrace, like Jesus did, the lepers, the broken, the sinners in our society. He's a friend of sinners. So should we be. And if you don't have any friends on the other side of the aisle than you, then you're probably not being too much salt and light. There's no one in your life that you know that might disagree with you. Um, Okay, well, let's, let's jump into the message. So that, that was all the background. So God's family values of life. The value of life begins and ends with the value of God, right? Life is a gift from God. I love this. And the creation account, uh, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's kind of like this beautiful poem that God tells us how he created all things. And it tells us that in the beginning it was God, 
and that God is the one who created. And what he used to create was just a spoken word. And you got this beautiful creation of what was happening day after day after day. And all of a sudden, it stops. There's a pause. And you think, huh, there's something different in Genesis 1. All of a sudden, there's a council of God that's formed. And he says, well, listen, let us make man. I mean, there was never, ever a pause so far to make the heavens and the earth and the seas and, and the birds and the creatures. All of a sudden, there's a, a pause. Why? There's something radically different being made here. Let us make man, God would say, the triune God. In verse 27, he'll say three times the word created. God created man. God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You think God in one verse wants you to know who created you? You think three times he's going to tell you over and again, God created, he created, God created. Why? Because God is the one who creates life. And he is the one who gives us a gift of life. Genesis 2 will tell us a little bit more of that creation. 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils. God breathed the breath of life, and man became a living creature. Life is a gift from God. Because we are created by God, we have value, right? Value is found in God. Because we are created by God, we are created for God as well. We have purpose. When I read this, it says God created us in his image. He said, now listen, I want you to represent me. I want you to have dominion over creation, over everything I made. I want you to rule for me. Hit pause, because I want to make sure you understand this. The world will often say that you're no different than a tree. I saw a Florida license plate yesterday that says trees are cool. I said, who made money to make a license plate that say trees are cool? Now, let me be the first one to know. Trees are cool. Some of the trees I saw in Hawaii are cool. You ever seen some of the trees in California? They are cool. I mean, trees are cool. I mean, I'm the type of nerd that I saw a bird in the tree the other day. I ran and got my binoculars, and Allie's like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, oh, I saw a tree. I, I saw a bird in the tree. I can't wait to go see it. She's like, you're a nerd. I'm like, I know I am. That's what happens when you get old, right? I mean, so trees are cool. I would not spend money on a license plate for that. But you are more important than a tree. You are more important than a dog. You are more important than a, an, any other animal. Well, you are more important. Why? Because you reflect God's image. And being made in his image, we find our value. So life, the second thing, is a reflection of God. We are not only created by God, we are created in God's own image, after his own likeness. Our value, listen, our value is found in God's image. We got to see this no matter what the mirror says our value is the one who we reflect the image in which we've been made god is of infinite value therefore life is of infinite value amen god is of infinite value being made in god's image separates us from creation and we are different god made us in his image and god made us to rule for him we are worth more than anything else in creation why because god is worth more it's the most valuable at the end of the flood, God comes back and says, be fruitful and multiply to, to Noah. But he reminds us of this. He says in verse 9, 6, I read it to you. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Did you see that? Scripture ties the value of man to the image of God. That's what he does. Your life value is you make, listen, you, you can't take a life. Why? Because it's the image of God. Isn't that an interesting argument? You can't take a life because it's a life. I mean, that's a good argument. 
You can't take a wife because it's not yours to take. That's a good argument. But the argument, Scripture says, is you can't take the wife because you're taking the image of God. That's where the value ultimately is. Then the question is, well, what about in the womb? Well, uh, Exodus has an interesting story. I hope you read through the Old Testament. Um, it was some, some great stories when God was with his people, uh, headed to the promised land. But Exodus 21 through 25 says this, especially 23. Here's this. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, so they're fighting, and a pregnant woman gets hit, so that her ch children come out, but there's no harm. The one who hit her shall surely be fined, and the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judge determines. All right. Even if you hit a pregnant woman, you're going to be fine. This is not right. You know, you shouldn't do this. There's a fine coming your way. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Clearly, life is precious in God's eyes. In the womb, outside the womb. We also got to hit pause here for a second and say this. You're of great value. We are because we're made in God's image. We also have to embrace, and again, it's a great long sermon series you're not going to hear right now. Sin has marred our image, the image of God. Sin has affected all of us. The image has not been erased. We're still image bearers, but we are broken image bearers. It not only marred the image of God, watch this, it destroyed, absolutely destroyed God's purpose for us. We were created for the glory of God, for the good of others. We were created to multiply and fill the earth with his glory. We can't do it anymore. Unless Jesus, the promised seed in Genesis 3, comes. Unless one comes to give us life and life abundantly, to restore to us. It would become a curse to take away our curse. That's the only way. Okay. Not only do we see that the life is a gift from God, life is a reflection of God. Life is a masterpiece from God's hand. Uh, we are made in his image beautifully. When I was in Ephesus, one of my favorite places to be, I saw this really cool, crazy sign. This was a store outside of Ephesus. Genuine fake watches. What does that mean? <laughs> I know, I, when I used to work in Midtown Manhattan, and uh, uh, tomorrow's my anniversary, 35 years, uh, amazing, to the most amazing woman. Uh, when I used to work in uh, Midtown Manhattan, we could go down into uh, Chinatown, and you could buy a nice Rolex. It could be really cheap, honey, I got you a nice Rolex, here you go, you know? It's gonna stop working. Do not get in the shower with that thing, that thing's done, right? I mean, uh, you, you wanna buy something like a Rolex or Gucci or something with a name on it, because it's got a cool designer, but you want to know, is it the genuine thing? Am I being ripped off? Is it a genuine fake watch, right? But I love what Scripture says about every single one of us. You are the genuine, real deal made by God. We are masterpieces of His. He is the one. Again, uh, uh, listen to how the psalmist describes this. For you and I were formed, uh, you God formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. A knitting this is a skill. This isn't, you threw me together. Without thought, you just made me. No, no, no. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What does a mirror tell you about yourself? Yes, an image has been marred, but the reality is in God's eyes, fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. I mean, this is God. This is the God who won, who in a mysterious, beautiful way, every single one of us was woven together in our mother's wombs. And let me tell you, God did not make any genuine fake human. God did not make one genuine fake human. All have value. And then we can't miss this, we can't end this without seeing that life is restored and redeemed by God. As Christians, I mean, listen, God's, God's incredible work of creation wasn't just speaking mountains into the existence. It wasn't creating the, the whale shark. That's really kind of cool. It wasn't doing all the things he created, the koala bear and all the things he created. I mean, of all the things he created, he, he made you and me. But the real masterpiece is what Jesus made. And what Jesus made through his life, death, and resurrection, the real masterpiece, according to scripture, are those of us who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we in Christ are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we walk in them. We are the workmanship of Christ, his life, death, and resurrection. We, our value is in, watch this, the blood of Christ, the blood of God that was shed for us. 1 Peter 1. Go back and read 1 Peter today. 1 Peter 1. So beautiful. It'll tell you who you are in Christ Jesus. And again, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear, I'm going to pick up in verse 13. Therefore, he's talking about believers, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, because you are children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. Does it sound like we've but he who called you is holy because God is holy. You also are to be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, that's by God's grace, we're part of the father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds. Conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile. Now here's what I want you to hear. Verse 18. Knowing, Christian, that you were ransomed, you were purchased, from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, God bought you, God ransomed you, but he's not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. How valuable are you, Christian? Well, Christ would shed his blood for you. Not only were you created in God's image, you are ransomed by Jesus's blood. But I don't think we could just stop there. How ugly and egregious is our sin? How horrible. Don't ever think that your sin's not a big deal. Not even the small things. Look to the cross and see God's son tortured. See the nails. See the crown of thorns. Hear the agony. Hear him experience hell of separation from the Father and realize it's our sin. That's what God thinks of sin. That's how bad it is that he would take the most beautiful spotless lamb of God and destroy him on the cross. Pour his wrath upon him that we deserve because our sin is that disgusting and God is that holy. But for us to be his, he says, I'm going to buy him. I'm going to wash him. 
I'm going to use my son's blood. More than silver, more than gold. The cross will show us our worth. It washes away our sins, and it takes away our shame. Now, let me, let me, this is so important. We talked about life having value. And I know that there's somebody in here, or there's someone watching online, or somebody you know, somebody close to you, that has missed this part of their life at, at some time. And they made a bad decision. The number of people that have gotten an abortion, uh, maybe their, their, their girlfriend got the abortion, maybe they were the one who got one. Let me remind you of the grace and mercy of God, right? He doesn't want you to live your life in shame. You have not committed the unforgivable sin. You haven't. The grace and mercy and the work of Christ on the cross is that we can be forgiven and free. And we can't preach this message without saying, hey, listen, there's been times we lived in ignorance and times we've blown it. Um, but we've got to realize that in Christ Jesus, there's not only the desire to forgive, there's the power to forgive in Christ Jesus. Is that what you need to hear today? I mean, I'm telling you what, the gospel is not a, go a message that says, beat yourself up. The gospel is a message that says, come clean. Realize that you are broken. Realize you've made mistakes. But God is merciful and kind. And realize that Jesus is enough. God's grace is greater than any of our sins. No matter what the Supreme Court rules about Dobb versus Jackson, no matter what happens to Roe versus Wade, the ultimate court has spoken. God has revealed his decision. Life is precious. We are to value it because we value God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of life you've given to us. And God, it's absolutely unfathomable the love and grace and mercy you have for us in Christ Jesus. That Jesus, that you were there in the beginning when let us make man in our own image. There you are in that council, Father, Son, and Spirit. And you were the one not only that would agree to make us in your image. Jesus, you are the one who would become like us and you would call us brothers. You were made like us in every way, yet without sin. Why? So that you could ransom us, so that you could rescue us. This is the greatest news ever. Because God, that, that image has been marred by our sin and the sin of the world. That we have been separated from you because of it. And spiritual death has been the result. But God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for the blood of the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus that he has taken away our sin, he has borne our shame and our curse so that we could have your blessing. God, we live in a time where the church needs to stand up and say, no, no, we value life because we value God. And we do it unapologetically in love. For the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor, we pray. Amen.